I just, I think that Ben, um, could really pull off like a massive, like if you had a gigantic, uh, you know, like, like foot long beard or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could, pull, I think you could pull it off. I could pull off the following. Like one of those, um, people who moved to California for the gold rush. Wouldn't he look amazing? It's like Steve Jobs and the dude had triplets and they built an app. This is Founder Quest. You could get one of those cabins and tell people to get away from it. Like the Unabomber. So um, yeah, I, I, uh, I enabled, uh, what is it called? Tweet delete or something like that. Uh, I think you did this too, Star, but it deletes all your tweets like beyond a certain time, time frame or date. Yeah, yeah. So now I, I only have the last uh, year of, of tweets on my Twitter account. That's good. So people can't like blackmail you yeah. with your they can't, own they words. They can't like go back to like 2008 and uh, yeah, dig up my, you know, whatever I was saying back then. I have kind of mixed feelings about that. I mean, uh, I like the idea of preserving that history, you know, even if mm-hmm. it's stupid. I don't know. I guess uh, maybe you could have this goal of, of, of tweeting such that your family at your funeral service, they just get up and read your tweets your entire life (laughs) that's i don't know about that (laughs) i'm not sure that has i'm not sure how that's how it works i mean like yeah they can read the date stamp like you know march 4th 2004 (laughs) pooping (laughs) my my thought on the whole thing is that like what what good is it doing anybody to have like my ancient tweets out there like the only good it's doing anybody is people who are like harvesting that data Mm -hmm. Um, and I know people have already harvested it, but why leave it out there? Like nobody's going back and reading an old tweet of mine and being like, Oh, that was insightful. You mean you, you, but you, you don't want to quote tweet yourself from like 10 years ago, just to show everyone how right you, you still are, or you were back then or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I I don't think that's my style. (laughs) Um, sorry. I totally, I totally like blew up your train of thought. (laughs) It's okay. Um, um, there wasn't much of a train. It was more like one of those, uh, you know, those things like, in Bro- oh, brother, where art thou? Where they sort of like pump up and down. Mm-hmm. It's like a little platform. They always have them in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. That was, that was like the train. <laughs> That's my train. Just like the maintenance crew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so today I think we're going to talk about a, uh, something that was on Twitter. Uh, Justin Jackson, who is at Transistor FM, uh, was in a conversation on Twitter with somebody about this this topic of if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think somebody else uh, brought this this sort of quote up. Like we've all heard this, right? This is sort of a little uh, aphorism that makes its way around. And people say it's one of those things that people say without thinking about too much. And Justin, uh, I think, disagreed a little bit with this and was like, "Well, a, a transistor, you know, maybe that's not that's not the case." So I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today and yeah, to see where, where the conversation goes. I think the danger when it comes to the growth mindset of like, I have to grow for growth's sake. I think that's where it gets dangerous. And I think that's where a lot of people are uh, who, who reject the whole VC funded path because they don't want to have that uh, scenario where they have to grow like at an extreme rate or else they just go bust, like they go big or go home thing. I think. So you're saying that um, like there's, there's a, there's different pathways, right? There's like this VC funded pathway. And so you're saying like, if on the VC funded pathway, if you're not like having major growth then you are effectively sort of dying, is that what you're saying? 
Yeah. Well, I think they want you to die if you're not having that spectacular growth so they can focus on something that is having that spectacular growth. Whereas like a little company like ours, you know, like what does that even mean? In a, in a regular business. Yeah. I mean, you may not even be able to handle that spectacular growth, right? You, you just, or I don't know if you've read that book, uh, Company of One. Fantastic read if you haven't had a chance no, to read it No, I haven't. Yet. I haven't either. Yeah. He talks about the same concept, like he's not interested in running this mega corporation. He wants to run a business that he can just run himself. And, and maybe that involves some contractors from time to time. Maybe that involves a partner here and there. But overall, he wants to run a business that he can just manage himself. And the idea being that like that, to me, in his words, is, is a comfortable business to run. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that we, we decided early on in the Honey Badger early years when we had investors calling us and asking us about investing is that we decided we didn't want to have that kind of major growth company. Like we didn't know how to run that kind of company and we didn't really want to learn that, you know, with Honey Badger. Yeah. We knew how to run a small shop and, and that's what we felt comfortable doing. But let's talk about, you know, so what about, what about like bootstrapper levels of growth, you know, like regular business growth levels? Um, you know, let's say like not 10 xing but you know, um, whatever, say, say 30% year over year. I don't know about you guys, but like whenever, whenever things are completely flat and stagnant, uh, uh, stagnating, then I do feel or stagnating, stagnating. Um, whenever things are totally stagnating, I tend to feel, um, you know, kind of like, like I'm, uh, I'm wanting to, you know, kind of pour some more gas on the fire or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely lose motivation to work on a product when I don't see any increased benefits from what I'm working on, right? If you don't see the results, yeah. why, why keep putting effort into it? And uh, so if, you're, if your growth is completely flat, I think you will probably eventually die just because you lack interest in keeping it alive. Yeah. I don't, is that, is that true? So, um, take like the corner, a corner store, like a laundromat, they're not growing 30% year over year for any business. It's not a software business growing 30% year over year is insanely good. Right. So you got, you know, I guess they don't even have laundromats even more. I'm I'm showing my age. Like, like that's not, (laughs) they're not growing 30% year over year, but it's a good steady business. So, I mean, is that, so this, let me just take a step back. So I really freaking hate sort of sayings like this. You're not growing, you're dying. It's one of those things that um, it sort of has this pleasing symmetry to it. Like it sounds cool and good to say. And so it shuts your brain off and you don't understand just how freaking stupid it really is. Maybe for like a very mm-hmm. specific type of company, maybe for like a VC backed company. Maybe that's <laughs> true. If you're not growing, eventually you're going to, you know, yeah. you're not making enough money. You're going to run out of runway. You're going to have to fire everybody and your business is going to be dead because you know you're you're spending more money than you're making but for a like normal business that's not vc funded like what does that mean so the 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 sort of mom and pop sandwich shop on the on the corner who's not growing like are they dying well they've been there 20 years so maybe it maybe it should be more like like if you're not growing you you might be bored but you might also be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Is I think that it it's definitely aligns with a certain personality, right? Like we build <laughs> software because we're interested in solving problems, right? Like I would be bored out of my gourd if I was running a sandwich shop for 20 years, like making the same sandwiches every day for 20 years. That would drive me absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm I'd not like gonna... to see the sandwiches that you would come up with, for, you know, as a result of that, uh, <laughs> that angst though, Ben. <laughs> But that's not to say that that's not a perfectly reasonable business for someone to have. If that's what they enjoy, great. You know, and I agree with you, Star, that they're, they're not going to have a goal of growing that business 30% year over year. They're going to have a goal of maintaining that business and having you know, a good lifestyle 
to go along with that business. But like, I would be bored to tears if I was doing that. And I think in the software world and the software companies, like growing is a sign that you're solving people's problems in a way that's, that's interesting and you're working on interesting things. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Okay. So what do you mean by growing? There's lots of different types of growing, right? We can grow profit. We can grow revenue. We can grow customer base and uh, not, they're not necessarily related. We can grow vacation time. We can grow vacation time. Well, and personal development too, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. can grow your experiences and the knowledge you have of whatever technologies you find interesting, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I guess I'll come around. I'll say that, well, maybe this makes sense. Maybe this aphorism makes sense if um, you can define um, growing and dying in whatever ways you want. <laughs> if yeah. you, can, you can make those mean anything, then yeah, sure. I can yeah, go see, that. Like I get all my gains at the gym, so I, I don't, <laughs> the business can just kind of like, you know, stay flat and it's good. There you go. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to bump up the controversy for the, the, the follows and the listens and the subscribes. No, right? I, I think you're, I, I honestly think you're onto something there though. Like the, it's those, those like drastic statements that kind of like just are designed to, you know, get people's blood pumping versus actually like say something or get to the bottom of an issue because like things, things are rarely black and white. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different um, ways to look at it. So. One of the other points made in that thread um, was Jordan um, was talking about um, goalposts, which kind of resonated with me. Um, he, he was saying that, you know, basically like with best intentions, like you can say like this will, this is going to be enough if I get to, you know, X dollars in MRR. And then you get there. And I think this has happened to us. Um, at least it's happened to me, like where you get there and then it's like, this is awesome. Like we, we like hit this goal. It's been what we've been like working for, for the last, you know, few years or whatever. And then it's like, so, so now what? And, and then I, you know, my brain comes up with a new arbitrary number, basically. Uh, That's how it works. And, and that's the new goalpost. And then that, that becomes enough. You know what that's called, Josh? There's a name yeah. for this in psychology. It's called the hedonic treadmill. Nice. Okay. Today I learned. Yeah. So it's the whole thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. you make, uh, you're making 20 grand now and you're happy. It's like, <laughs> well, I, now I need to make 30 grand because you get used to, um, you get used to whatever you have, no matter how good it is. Yeah. And totally. so you always want more. And so, um, so basically this, uh, insight is a, uh, sort of at the, the basis of a lot of sort of stoic thinking, which, you know, is the hot philosophy right now yeah. amongst startup um, influencers, mm-hmm. which I consider myself to be. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so the idea is that, well, you just have to, um, you can know, like the, the problem with the hedonic treadmill is you're never happy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so they would say that our problem is that, um, well, we're saying that to be happy, we have to grow, but that is um, just shooting ourselves in the foot because we can't control uh, whether or not we we grow necessarily. We can only control um, our perceptions of things. We can only control our, our uh, reactions to things. Yeah, I definitely uh, believe in that the whole treadmill concept. You know, you get that new shiny car, and then six months later, it's not a new shiny car anymore. It's like, yeah, it's just a car, right? Uh, but at the same time, like I'm very goal oriented. And if I'm not mm-hmm. striving towards a goal, then I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like I'm, I'm not making myself better in you know, whatever uh, dimension you want to measure that. Not, it's not necessarily strictly tied to, to money coming in the door necessarily, but you know, it could be interpersonal relationships. It could be my mm-hmm. physical health or whatever. Like I have plenty of goals that I want to accomplish. And Oh yeah, I was just going to say that you know you can set uh, like it is possible like you mentioned to set sort of personal goals um, that are 
um, not based on sort of external factors. Yeah, for me, like I think I I like to see revenue growing um, and profit growing, obviously, um, but it doesn't all have to come from that to uh, to have like personal fulfillment. Like I like to have everything like in my life growing at, on some level. Um, so like Ben mentioned fitness, um, you know, that's like, I like to go to the gym. Like I like to be seeing progress there. Like I can see progress in a lot of different places, um, that kind of give me that, that satisfy that like board factor, um, that kicks in. Like if, you know, if one thing isn't growing, like hopefully you have some other things that are, you know, that are, you're making progress on. Um, and for me, like, I think that kind of, um, that kind of satisfies a little bit of that, like, you know, the, what you said, the, the treadmill basically where if, if one thing, you know, if one thing is never enough, then you're just going to constantly be chasing that one thing. Um, but yeah, but you can have like multiple things that, you know, if, if one thing's not growing as fast as you like, you can go and work on something else, but you know, in the meantime, but I've had that same experience that, that you had, Josh, you talked about the, you, you reach that dollar goal, whatever that is. And then you're like, okay, now I have a new goal. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that that can be healthy, right? Because mm-hmm. you're 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 pushing yourself to a new level, to a new challenge. And uh, as long as you don't tie your self worth up in like how much money I'm making, I think right. that's, that's that's fine. Well, and and what are you prepared to do to get there? Anything. Um, and 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 how soon do you want to get there? You know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you just gonna like you know stab stab people in the back and and just like you know work sixteen hour days? <laughs> those are those are definitely equivalent. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we've had, we've had those kind of conversations when we've talked about like, what do we want our revenue goals to be? Right. And we, but we're, we've always couched them in the terms of, but we're not willing to sacrifice our day-to-day happiness or the time that we get to spend with our family or, you know, the other things in our lives that make us happy. You know, I think one aspect of this whole, uh, this whole idea that, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying, that would be interesting to talk about and i don't this may go wildly off track so we're doing this live well this is founder quest so yeah we're (laughs) it's kind of our mo i think this um this whole you know you're not growing your dying thing i think a lot of it you know is tied up with dominance and i think this ties into a lot of the reason why people you know people say ruby's dying all the time even though it's still there but what people mean i think what people are really saying is that if you're not growing you're not keeping with everybody else up with everything else. It may be growing. And so you're not going to be dominant, right? It's this whole idea of a winner take all sort of, you know, ecosystem, which maybe, you know, in some aspects like search, you know, Google has won the search war for now, pretty much. Um, although I use DuckDuckGo because, you know, I uh, am a decent human being. Same. Same. There you go. High five. So, yeah. So people say, well, you know, Ruby's dying because, well, but that's not really true. Like lots of people are still using Ruby, but it's no longer um, maybe keeping pace with like Python. So it was no longer this dominant thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember when like Ruby was hot, everybody's like Ruby's taken over the world. Like everybody's got to learn Ruby. Uh, and that that's just sort of gone away, but it's still like the language itself is still here. You know, maybe the key to um, the sort of happiness and uh, everything is to sort of give up this idea that, that, you know, you have to win. You have to be like number one. You have to dominate. DuckDuckGo might actually be a pretty good example of this because even like in the, you know, the basically monopoly market of search, um, there's still room for this little, like at the time, you know, scrappy search engine to come in and get a number of people, you know, enough people to like make a business out of it. And, and grow in that environment. Like there's like two search, you know, there's what, like two, like three search engines that people use and 
and DuckDuckGo was able to like, you know, get into the market and actually like become one of them. You know, what's sad. I was like, what's the third one? I think it's like, I didn't even, I'm, I'm Bing, pretty right? sure it's Bing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Maybe Bing. we should Google it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Microsoft. I actually not sorry, Mike, Microsoft. They're, they're, you know, getting ready to eat the world again. So, you know, you, you make an interesting point about DuckDuckGo because, you know, I think there's always room for sort of small and niche players mm-hmm. like in a gigantic market. Like you can always find people who don't want to go with the, the giant well, I, I was just thinking about the, the second half of the tweet. We pre-focused very much on that, that growing your, not growing or dying part, but uh, there was more to the tweet. He's, he also said... Oh, there was? I, I didn't actually read the whole thing. <laughs> he also said, adding more people and maintaining the same net through growth, not at all attractive. Hey, can, we t- can we take a second and maybe explain what he means by that? Because I feel yeah, like that's, it may be a little bit obscure. I kind of stumbled over the, the wording of that myself when I was trying to read it and failed. So maybe we can dissect it a little bit. If you're adding the headcount and you're not really moving the needle on the, on the top line, what's the point? So if I, if I hire somebody and it costs me $100,000 and as a result of their work, I make an extra $100,000, um, I'm still making the same amount of profit. Um, I've just got an extra employee. And, and that goes back to the, the, the company of one thing. Comment, I mean, it's right? nice to have friends, but... <laughs> But not if you have to pay for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're if they pay for themselves, then you know, the more the merrier. But <laughs> no, I was just I was just thinking of this, what you were saying about the the winner take all mentality, and that's definitely a software thing, right? And I think that's we face that when take the question of do we take investment money because our competitors have, and are they going to take the whole market? You know, if we don't do the same thing they're doing, and your point about people choosing different providers for whatever reason. Like all three of us have chosen DuckDuckGo probably because of the privacy implications of all using Google for everything. And that's one way that DuckDuckGo has carved out a segment of the market for themselves, right? And in in HoneyBadger's case, we've carved out a segment of the market for ourselves based on, you know, features, brand, whatever, whatever reason that people have to go with Honey Badger over one of our competitors. And we're still around and, and they're still around, right? It hasn't been a winner take all. It, it may be a winner take most. We don't even, we don't know because we don't know mm-hmm. our, our competitors' revenues. But there's definitely room, right, for multiple people in the space. And, and I think that over the past few years, that's become more of an acceptable idea in the software world where, you know, yeah. may, it may have been previously like, well, you, you've got to be the number one or else you don't matter at all. And I think we've seen a, a, a slight change in that, in that attitude over time. Do you think there's a risk of, you know, like, so there's, there's always going to be like some room for the smaller players. Um, Cause there's always going to be enough, you know, enough of the fringe of people that usually that, um, you know, that want, they like things in such a certain way that they'll go and look for alternatives. Um, but that said, there's also, um, you know, a lot of spaces have the one or two, you know, big, big players that um, kind of do tend to dominate most of the market. And then the smaller players tend to, um, you know, live on the edges or, or have a smaller, you know, a relatively small percentage of that market. Um, do you think... Uh, do you think that that's a risk um, to the smaller players as uh, over time, you know, as those, those markets get more consumed or, you know, as the, the larger players tend to, uh, 
you know, tend to consolidate and centralize, um, things generally tend to centralize. Do you think that's a problem? I don't, I don't think so. If you have a reason to exist, right? If you have something that's interesting enough for you to have customers, I, I don't see a big fear. I mean, I don't expect our customers to like one day decide, oh, you know what? I'm just going to switch. Uh, no, I mean, we're providing yeah. a great service and they like that service. Uh, you know, look at how many car companies there are, right? Yes, there's been a lot of consolidation yeah. over the you know, past, let's say, 100 years, right? Uh, but there's still a lot of car brands and there are still, there's still demand for that Aston Martin, right? There's still demand for mm-hmm. that Bentley. You know, all, all these different uh, brands have their unique uh, reasons to exist and people still buy them, even if, you know, maybe Bentley doesn't sell as many cars as, you know, the Ford, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see them crying in their milk. The takeaway here is that Honey Badger is the Bentley of air tracking well, services. Of course, of course. No, I yeah. think we're the Aston Martin because if James Bond needed to track some errors, he would definitely use Honey Badger. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Of course, I have to. I had to go and look it up, and I had to find out who Bentley is actually owned by because obviously they're not a standalone company anymore. Uh, they are owned by a Volkswagen. So I think, like, when people say, you know, the if you're not growing, you're dying. Like, part of that is. Maybe that's part of that's just sort of like a personal statement of where they want to be in life, right? Right? They're saying like, well, I want to be at the head of a company that is dominating the market, um, that you know has won the winner take all race, and if I can't do that, then I don't want to play. I'm going to take my mm-hmm. my cards home and go. I think this maybe segs a little bit into um, the second part of the tweet that we talked about um, earlier because the whole idea of well, you know, if uh, you know, you hire people and it doesn't increase your um, profit necessarily, then that's not desirable. But, you know, I think there, that could be desirable in the case of where you want to kind of step away from the business and provide a little bit more space for yourself. Because there's a difference between uh, owning a company and running a company. Mm-hmm. You could very easily, uh, like if you um, say start a company and it becomes Google and you want to be at the, the, the head of it, well, that's sort of its own sort of power trip. But, you know, if you start a smaller company and it's going steady and you're getting a little bit bored with it, well, you have the option to, you know, replace yourself. And uh, by replacing yourself, maybe maybe your profit stays the same. Maybe it goes down a little bit because you're just replacing somebody who's doing the same thing. I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. With you mean like, like replacing yourself, basically just re- turning the business into a, you know, like an asset that you, that you just have someone run or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can, you can bring a business up to the point where it's, it's stable and it can maintain itself for a while. And then you can just step away from that. Like I've told you guys before, um, the way I kind of look at honey badger and, and my other business or I guess businesses, um, is is kind of like as an investor i try to look at it like an investor like these are these are investments and um you know i've put most of what i've invested in these businesses over the last whatever 10 plus years is uh is time and so um you know we're building these things up but basically like this you know this could have just been just as easily been like you know money in a mutual fund or something that grows over time um and and that would be like a passive more of a passive investment but there's no, I don't really see a difference with a business. Like a business is still a way to, um, to grow your money basically over the span of your lifetime. And, and so like, I totally 
think that it's fine if you wanted to like, if you can get to the business, the business to a point where it's generating, you know, a predictable amount of profit and you can hire people and just, you know, have it just run by itself. then that's just basically an investment asset that you have there. That's generating, you know, generating a return on a regular basis. Um, just like anything else. Yeah. You know, one thought I have about the growing, you know, on, on, on that note of treating it like an investment and being, uh, satisfied with where you are, <clears throat> you know, if you're satisfied with what are my living expenses today? Uh, great. But what are you going to do for 10 years from now or 15 years from now, right? If you are satisfied with something that gives you a savings rate of, let's say, 75%, <laughs> well, then you know, well, in a few years, I can retire and I'm done, right? Uh, so I think, I guess the, the, what I'm trying to say is you have to be careful about being short-sighted about what is enough, right? There's the, the treadmill of nothing is ever enough. And then there is the, well, I'm fine where I am today, but I'm not really thinking about the future, which is probably not enough, right? So I guess the, 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 the line you need to walk is, let me make sure that I have enough and, and not be so concerned that my, my enough it always changes and I never have an, I don't know. I'm not saying that too well. Yeah. But. Well, I'm, I try to look at things with a, like, I'm, I'm a big, like long-term financial planner and you know, all that stuff. And I know you guys are too. So like, that's how I try to look at everything. And I'm trying to look at it. Like I've got this, you know, I've got this vision of like where I'd like to be in the future. And it's not like, it's not on a yacht. I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind living on it, you know, having a yacht or something that, you know, I, I vacation on or something, but I'm going to be totally fine if I don't. Um, but I have this future that I see for myself and my family. And so I look at, you know, I look at what I'm doing now in my businesses and in our growth and all that stuff in terms of, is this getting me there? Not, is this like getting me to, you know, to Zuckerberg or something? Um, and so, you know, that kind of helps temper the, you know, the like desire to go and, you know, start some sort of like 10 X company and, and, you know, be, be a rock star or something like, uh, you know, how many people like do that and actually succeed anyway? Um, versus how many people actually like, you know, just, you know, slowly work over the course of their lives to achieve like, you know, their whatever retirement dreams and actually achieve that. Like that seems like a much more achievable goal versus like constantly trying to, you know, create some sort of like unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally on board with that. I don't want the yacht, but I do want the private jet. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd take a private jet. I mean, I'll take the mansion. It's just like, you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, no mansion for me. You know, I'd be happy if I could just get to, to finish the shed I'm building in my backyard. <laughs> That's all I want. You know, I think the important thing though, is, is that, you know, uh, th these are all very personal things. These are very, all very personal um, decisions and goals and all that. And yeah, one thing, one thing that really irks me about that, that phrase, and I wish we could all sort of get beyond that this sort of VC mentality of winner takes all, you have to be, um, you know, playing your A game all the time. You got your uh, growing, you're dying, et cetera. That these are like moral statements. I'm saying like, well, you know, this is true for everybody when I say stuff like that. And you know, I, I wish we could all just be like, well, you know, for me, I want to be at yeah. the head of a really big company doing awesome things. You know, but you don't have to couch that in terms of of this universal, like this is the right thing for people to do as human yeah. beings. Everyone has different goals. Yeah. Um, different. Yeah. But yeah. I think for me, if I put it in financial terms, like I want, I don't want to be rich, but I want to be wealthy. And like, 
the way that was explained to me, I think a book or something back in the day, was it like, you know, rich is like, you have a lot of, you have a lot of money or cash or something. Um, but wealthy is like, you have the ability to sustain yourself. Um, you know, and, and it's like, you know, it's financial and more financial independence or, you know, being independent. And so I don't care. Like I said, I don't care. I don't need the, the yacht or the mansion or something, but I do want the independence and the freedom that comes with having, you know, enough to basically sustain a certain lifestyle that, um, is the level that I'm happy at. And if I can do that and not have to work or not have to worry about, um, you know, my family and our future, then, then that's like kind of, that's kind of my personal goal. Well, amen. I think that's a great place to wrap up. It was great talking to you guys and we'll, um, we'll, we'll catch you on, on the flip side. Sounds good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided Good. that that really awkward uh, end things are like my my shtick now. No, I, the, yeah, it's awkward. Awkward is good. It, I think it works for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my natural talent. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Funny Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.